Is it possible that in last week's episode you realized that you very well may be an empath, yet you may have some doubts in yourself still? Well, most empaths do. If this is your first time tuning into the whole Wellness Method show, we will do a quick review of empath characteristics to help quickly get you up to date. Yet most importantly, in this episode, we will be reviewing the science behind empathic abilities, how an individual may have become an empath. And one of the biggest questions that we hear over and over again, am I an empath or am I just lacking emotional mastery? It is normal to have a bit of doubt around being an empath. And today, Gilly Henson and I will be offering insights to help normalize these feelings and bring you greater clarity. Are you ready? Let's get into it. I'm Lita Sportel, licensed psychotherapist and functional health practitioner, and I'm here to share with you mind, body, spirit, inspirations, practical steps, and life-changing tools to help you break free. So you don't have to spend the amount of time, money, and effort that I did to save my own life and to create the life that I always dreamed of. It was a couple of decades ago that the doctors told me I had three to six months to live. And yes, it took a terminal cancer diagnosis for me to wake up to the miracles that are really possible. I not only healed myself and broke free from what was holding me back, but I also found my place in the world, my calling, my purpose. I created the whole Wellness Method show and podcast to share with you the tips, tools, and topics that can help you do the same. If you're a sensitive soul, empath, introvert, healer, coach, people pleaser, or perfectionist who's looking to break free and heal, define your vision and create your purpose so that you can inspire others while making money, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. This is number two on Break Free Tips for Empaths. And we're calling all the sensitive souls out there. Yeah. To have a nice, warm, fuzzy, gentle discussion on being an empath, the science uh, behind it so we can normalize it a little bit. I love it when science can explain to us something that we've been going through for years and we felt like we were weird. We felt like we were crazy. We felt like we didn't fit in. And now it's like, no, you're not crazy. There's, there's many of us, number one. And number two, there's science. And number three, we are blessed to be sensitive souls and empaths because we are needed in this new earth. Do you agree? Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are moving into the current of compassion here on earth. Mm -hmm. And it's for those who can feel it and understand it and demonstrate it to be um, most bold in this time to share it. Mm. Ah, you said it so well. I got goosebumps. (laughs) I kind of did too. I don't even know where that came from. (laughs) Well, goosebumps are a sign we're speaking the truth. So yes, our truth. (laughs) Well, if it, if it resonates, then it's your truth too. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, to dive in into the science, but also we're going to talk about why do people become empaths? Mm-hmm. 
So I want to go a little bit into that because, again, it can normalize things for us. Then I want to bring up a beautiful um, comment that one of our beautiful group members has has made about, is it lack of emotional mastery or is it that I'm feeling all the feelings of everybody around me, right? Which is, I want to read what she wrote because it's really, um, we meant to address it last time, but uh, we ran out of time. So I want to bring it up and honor her. We're not going to mention her name, but we're going to honor her comment. Then I want to dive into relationships with narcissists. Yeah, because uh, I feel like it's, I, I'm seeing it all around me. Uh, I'm seeing it with my clients. And while I, you know, I'm a psychotherapist and I know the diagnosis of a narcissist and I can, I can pick up on it. There's other versions of it that we can't always see. And us empaths get really attracted to narcissists. And, um, and, and I want to kind of talk about narcissist in general because it's not just the narcissist that we can think of it could be other things as well and um and then I want to talk about what are we going to do with all this right right (laughs) so so we're going to finish it with some some nice tips that you've compiled Gilly and I'm excited for you to share all that shall we start yeah let's let's start Let's do it. Great intro. Yes. (laughs) Excited. And you guys watching live or on the replay, let us know along this process. Gilly will be checking in and out the comments so we can respond and let us know how this is feeling, how how it's landing for you, any questions you have, anything you disagree with, anything. We're we're very (laughs) open to, to hearing it. All right. So let's do a very, very quick review on who is an empath because people might be coming into this and not have listened to our first call where we talked about it, but we we do direct you back to the first call because it has a lot on that, but a very quick review Uh, as an empath, sensitive soul, highly sensitive person, uh, you tend to absorb, absorb other people's emotions or physical symptoms, stress, behaviors you mirror them a lot you you are almost like a chameleon you become like them you love to replenish yourself in nature you're afraid of becoming suffocated by relationships you prefer one-on-one interactions or small groups to large gatherings you could be an introvert empath or an extrovert empath so it doesn't mean just because you're an empath that you're introverted or shy you could be extroverted by still very empathic uh, some other important things. You often feel like you don't fit in. Noise, otters, and nonstop talkers overwhelm you. You frequently get overwhelmed or anxious. So it's it's easy for you to go to these emotions of overwhelm and anxiety. You have been labeled overly sensitive. So people have been like, why are you so sensitive? Why are you so sensitive? Why do you cry so easily? Come on, like, you know, all the idioms that come with like, just pull yourself up, just get, get, you know, get over it, whatever. All those things that we've heard over the years, arguments and yelling make you ill, having chemical sensitivities or low tolerance for scratchy clothes. That was a big one for me when I saw that, because I've had those things. Crowds drain you or, uh, and you need a long time to revive yourself. You startle easily. 
you prefer taking your own car to places so you can leave early if you need to, which is an interesting one. Um, there's many other ones. You tend to uh, socially isolate. You have a low threshold for pain and you need a long time to recuperate after being around difficult people. A lot of those are big, big yes for me. And I know for you too, Gilly. So we score pretty high in our, uh, I, I didn't mention all of them, but we will put together a nice quiz for people so they can take it. We're not diagnosing anything. We're just being like, okay, I might be an empath and it's good to know because then I know how to take care of myself and my emotions. So I don't, I'm not being run by, by that, but I actually use it as my, as my gift. So I just wanted to quickly mention those. We're going to put a quiz together. We're going to make this really simple for people to identify if they're an empath. And now let's dive into the science. Just really quickly, like not like super sciencey. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot to cover. We so. have. <laughs> we do. <laughs> but like I said in the beginning, it does normalize it. Yes. I was very grateful to read these things and understand these things more clearly. It made me feel less odd. (laughs) Less odd. So let's do it. First one is the mirror neurons. Some people know what they are. Some people don't. So we actually have a cluster of neurons in our brain that are called mirror neurons. And what they do is they allow us to actually mirror the other person so that we can feel the compassion. Right? And they're amazing neurons because they allow us to have what you said earlier, like we're moving into this compassionate state of consciousness globally. We can use our mirror neurons even more to allow for that compassion to happen. That's how we also express empathy because we can feel, I can feel you through my mirror neurons as well as through my electromagnetic field around my heart. Well, here's the thing. We all have mirror neurons. Empaths have highly, highly activated mirror neurons. The whole network of mirror neurons is hyper responsive, which means not only I feel you, but I feel you so much that I feel it in me. Right. So it becomes at times to the point where I don't know if I'm feeling you or if I'm feeling me. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, as confusing as it is when you're experiencing it, it makes sense when reading it or hearing it. Absolutely. And just like mirror neurons, we all have an electromagnetic field around us. Uh, around different organs and particularly um, we're going to talk about the heart, the electromagnetic field around the heart, because within the heart, you have your own nervous system. And this was proven true in 1991. We have uh, 40,000 different neurons in the brain center, the nervous center of our heart. So, right. I know. And so if, as an empath, if you have heightened receptors, receptors Mm -hmm. in your nervous system as a whole within your body, it is even that much more intensified within your heart space. And as empaths, you get very strong messages through your heart. Um, And that's why we always go back to hands-on heart, right? Um, Within the group, because that is where our truth lies. Um, uh, So while everybody has this electromagnetic field, it's within the empath that it is just more sensitive Mm -hmm. and more, I guess the receptors are more awakened. 
yes. uh, to receive the subtle energy around the space in which it, 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 it flows from outside of you. I, I don't know how many feet. I can't really remember, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it's three, maybe three, nine or 12 feet, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. different for each person. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's really powerful because between the mirror neurons in the brain and the nervous system in the brain, but also the nervous system in the heart and the electromagnetic field that we have, that we dive deeper into uh, other conversations with the HeartMath Institute and all these different things. So imagine an empath how much the nervous system of the heart and of the brain are picking up on other people's emotions. And it's not just the person that's right next to you or your child or your partner or your mom, dad, whatever. It's also of the collective, on the news, of animals, of plants, of the earth, of... A room you walked into. A room you walked into of strangers, of the grocery store, of on and on and on. And we also know, so that was the two pieces of, of science, right? The mirror neurons, the electromagnetic field. We also got the dopamine conversation, which is that neurotransmitter that allows us to feel the sensation of pleasure. Well, it's interesting because we have introverted empaths and extroverted empaths. I'm an introverted empath. And my my need for dopamine is very low, which means that I don't like extreme sports. I don't like things that are going to bring up a lot of dopamine for me. I, I, I don't need a lot of dopamine to feel the pleasure. Extroverted empaths need more dopamine to feel that sense of pleasure. So you can kind of feel into who you are and where you fall under, but that has been proven actually with science and all the things we're sharing to you right now are from Judith Orlov that has done, she's a psychiatrist that has dedicated her career in studying empaths. And that is a big piece of what's going on for you as an empath and to know, do I need more dopamine and will that actually make me feel good or not? And if I'm an introvert empath, putting myself in situations with a lot of that stimulation that dopamine dopamine brings it's not good for me. And vice versa, if I'm an extrovert empath, putting myself in situations that don't bring up this need for more more dopamine, then I'm potentially more, you know, feeling depressed or feeling like I'm not living up to my fullest potential and on and on and on. So I thought that was really interesting that she is talking about that. And there's a fourth piece, which is a Interesting word. I believe it's Greek synesthesia. Can you explain to us? Yes. No, I would love to hear more Greek from you. That's awesome. Um, uh, And I just wanted to just state one thing. A person can be both extroverted and introverted at the same time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's not one or the other always. It can be a mixture of both. Yes. And for extroverts who crave that dopamine, it's very it's, it would behoove you to pay attention to what you crave. And if you're reaching for something that's going to give you that dopamine response that you're just not receiving from your external surroundings or from the activities you're participating in. Mm, so nice. Thank point. you. Thank yeah. you for setting that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I found that to be a very important topic and really landed in me when I learned about it. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, synesthesia, which is a very hard word to say. Well, in Greek. <laughs> um, and it's it's defined uh, for um, so let's now this isn't my definition. Um, I am not someone with the scientific background, so I had to research this. Mm-hmm. Now it's an anomalous blending of the senses in which the stimulation of one modality simultaneously produces sensation in a different modality. So that would be like, and I'm sure people have heard of it, people who can taste colors or see colors when they hear sounds. Um, I've, I've known people who see letters in different colors, even though it might just be in black font, they might see all A's as red. Um, it just, it's the two, bl- it's blending of two senses at the same time. And oh gosh, I think I have that. <laughs> A lot of musicians actually have that and uh, really well-known ones. I think Beyonce actually, who's very widely, you know, successful and it might be due to her synesthesia. (laughs) Sounds so weird. Um, But what we're, how we're relating it to empaths is that there is mere touch synesthesia, which is within the empath, the emotions felt at the same time as you're receiving them in, in the subtle field of energy. Wow. Yeah. Um, so while I'm not, I can't taste color or hear color or blend in that way, mm-hmm. I can sense subtle energy around me and then feel it physically in my body or hear it through a song. Right. So it could be any of the senses. Fascinating. The science. As, as you were talking, uh, I was thinking, I think I, I do that with the months. Each month has a color for me mm-hmm. and, a, and a shape. And I was thinking, sometimes we don't realize we have these things or we think this way because I think visually a lot. So yeah. that could be a form of it. It, it sounds so, like it. Explore yeah. that more. That's very interesting. Yeah. I wonder if those who are on the on this call or watching mm-hmm. in the replay, if they have anything similar explore. to that. Explore. That's what I was gonna say. Explore yeah. yours because you might not realize that you have synesthesia, but you actually do. Uh you might have it, which is kind of fascinating how we how fascinating we are. Right. So yeah. all right, I, I feel we could we could just spend hours on just this topic but um (laughs) i want to keep moving along because we have so many more beautiful things okay a quick word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by the program break free empaths a 21-day online program created for empaths by empaths this program was born from a collaboration of the minds and hearts of gilly henson and myself lita sportel We each found ourselves at many points in our lives in the midst of struggle and confusion, living in a world that has long mislabeled empaths as being overly sensitive, shy, or aloof people. It had become apparent that the labels once placed on us were outdated and actually not accurate. We both realized that the time had now come for compassion to rise up and to no longer see our intuitive abilities and sensitivities as a weakness, but as a much-needed strength in this world. This online course is designed to help sensitive, intuitive, compassionate souls like you break free from labels, emotions, and beliefs that no longer serve you, and bring unity to your gifts, 
we're bringing our combined experience, tools, and practical steps to empower empaths to show up as they are and who they are. Not sure if you are an empath? Take the free online quiz to find out if you are an empath and to what degree and to see if the program Break Free Empaths is your next step towards the brave new you. Now let's get back to the episode. I want to quickly go through why do people become empaths and I want to read from Judith Orloff's article, the recent one that she did. And she's like, why do people become empaths? Is it temperament, genetics, trauma, neglectful or supportive parental upbringing? Mm. So she says, as a psychiatrist and an empath, I've seen that the following four main factors can contribute to heightening one's sensitivities. So number one is temperament, which means that some babies enter the world with more sensitivity than others. It's an inborn temperament. And when we go into metaphysical conversations, right, it's, we can go deeper into the soul has decided to come as, as such to be, to, to experience that because of all the gifts that come, come with being an empath. So those babies will be more responsive to light, smells, touch, movement, temperament, and sound. And these infants seem to be empaths from the start. Not all empaths are empaths from the start. Uh, reason two is genetics. So she actually observed that some patients transmit the, the being an empath. It can be transmitted genetically. Highly sensitive children can come from mothers and fathers with the same inborn traits. Therefore, it is possible that sensitivity can also be genetically transmitted through families. Now, I have to say, I've also seen where the their unrecognized empaths in the family or or family members who you would have never thought they're empaths yet i get to see the client that comes and says they grew up in an environment that nobody understood them nobody acknowledged their emotions they felt left out that they don't belong so it's it's hard to say that anybody else was an empath it doesn't seem like anybody else was. And in a lot of the cases, it's that if you are an empath, you're coming to experience and heal some of the pieces that a lot of your ancestors couldn't experience and heal. That was pretty powerful right there. Yeah. It gives me a lot of food for thought. I'm reflecting on some of my family members. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for, for saying that. And um, it's, I, I think a lot of the reason why we, you know, we're here experiencing certain things is for healing, is for forgiveness. And coming as an empath here into this world will allow us to experience a lot of things very intensely, but not to be punished, not to be stuck in it, not to be traumatized and, and stay in it, but to help other generations as well. Um, yeah to unify to unify the heart and the mind mm-hmm. to experiencing these parts that are hard challenging feel so rough like betrayal and sadness but to view it from a lens of compassion and then to discover how it is also a part of you yeah mm-hmm. and what's waiting for you to unreal un 
unravel to reveal exactly. within yourself. Precisely. It is a gift. <laughs> it is. It is. When you see it, it is. Exactly. As you as you go through it, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. It feels hard. <laughs> Which leads us to the third reason why people can become an empath. And that's more like, I think what Judith Orloff is saying here is that that could develop down the line is uh, trauma. Trauma can actually make a baby and um, a teenager, a what, whatever, even adult, can make them an empath, which is quite interesting. So neglect or abuse or any other trauma could actually trigger those um, nervous system, all the different things in the body that could make you more of an empath. And it, it, she also talks about it can wear down the usual healthy defenses that a child has. Right. right. So when the parenting is abusive or neglectful, it could wear down some of these defenses, healthy defenses, and make the child more prone to, you know, feeling other people's feelings and not even knowing who they are, what they are, what they want, what their thoughts are, what they feel or any of those things mm-hmm. yeah like a developed uh survival technique in, in a sense mm-hmm. and precisely and the fourth reason is supportive parenting which is interesting so supportive parenting meaning growing up with parents who really nurture and honor your in- intuitive gifts your gifts to be sensitive your gift to be you know, a, a, a child that can feel for others. So it's not just the trauma or the abuse or the bad parenting. It's the supportive parenting, which again, it goes back to say being an empath is not a bad thing that you got genetically or you got because of trauma or it's, it's a gift. And even if you got it through trauma, it's still a gift which we are going to have other conversations, Gilly, on trauma, and we'll go deeper into all that because it's massive. And complex. And even this conversation is pretty complex. And we're discovering new things all the time, right? So this is an ever-evolving and changing understanding of what being an empath is or why. Absolutely. Yes. Now, should we switch topics i mean not really but let's talk about this beautiful comment we got from one of our group members that i think is so spot on i felt like that all my life and she's putting it really nicely so i'm just gonna quote her so she's saying i never knew what an empath was until a few years ago i've been told numerous times by others that i am one and i do resonate with the description of an empath i feel others pain I just want to make people happy. Me too. I've always been very sensitive. Us too. (laughs) When I was younger, I thought something was wrong with me. Me too. (laughs) Why do I cry so easily or get hurt so easily? Me too. I've always seen this as a weakness of mine. Me too. Including being quiet and shy. Yep. Sometimes I struggle with, am I, so this is an interesting question here. 
struggle with am I really an empath Mm -hmm. or just lack emotional mastery or both, if that makes sense, she says. And how do you know if you are a starseed, which is going to be a whole other other conversation. Whole other one. But thank you. We see you. We thank you. Uh, Beautiful, insightful comment of everything here packed. So let's address that question. Is it, am I an empath or do I like emotional mastery or is it both? What are your first thoughts on that? In all honesty, I think almost probably every empath has asked themselves that question, right? I, I think there are many empaths out there who are new in discovering that they're an empath that have a bit of underlying current of doubt in themselves. Yes. A doubt in their abilities, a doubt in even the concept of an empath. Is that even a thing? Is that real? Is that made up? You know, well, no, we just shared with you the science of it. Right. And I'm sure each of us have met other people who just cannot understand the same, the, the way you're feeling or why you're feeling it. And they can't emote those same things. They can't share in that because they just can't get there. They don't have that same sense. So yeah, you can be an empath and also be in doubt that you're an empath and that's okay. And it's a journey of right unfolding, like what your gifts are and how, how you receive energy. Now, I think I got a little whoo on that one. So <laughs> what was the last part? Is it, um, am I truly an empath or is it lack of emotional mastery or is it both? Right. It it can be both, but not as you may think it is. Generally, when you're an empath and there is an energetic field around you that is harsh or um, belittling to you or just damaging in some way, Uh, You sense that you feel that. And if you are already dealing with something else in your life that is true to what you're feeling, Mm -hmm. it just, it's compounded, right? And then it feels what you're going through feels even heavier Mm -hmm. because you're in that energetic field of discord. So it's, it's a little bit of both at the same time. What would you like to add to that? Yes. I, I love everything you said. First of all, don't invalidate yourself, right? So when you say, am I truly an empath or is it lack of emotional mastery? There's a little bit of a blame there, Mm -hmm. right? Of there's something wrong with me Mm -hmm. that I cry so easily or that I'm so sensitive. It's because I'm not, you know, I haven't mastered my emotions. So there's a little of that pressure we put on ourselves. I'm speaking to myself, right? Because I relate to the... Well, the comment that we read so much that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself that I shouldn't be so sensitive. Therefore, despite all the tools, the skills, the psychotherapy I've done personally, the professionally, all of it, I would still feel sensitive. So it's like, oh, why have I not mastered my emotions? What's wrong with me? Right. So I wouldn't. So I wouldn't approach it as that because that's invalidating to ourselves. What I would say is, you're an empath own it as a strength my sensitivity shyness quietness um all of the things so the 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 fact that i cry easily is because 
I am meant to feel deeply because of what I'm here to do in the world. Not to cry out of pain though, right? But the crying is because I'm releasing emotion because I can feel deeply what's happening and I want to release it. So that's where emotional mastery is a tool when you're an empath that you need more of. So empaths need extra, 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 extra. Read all about it. (laughs) Extra, extra, extra (laughs) self-love and tender love and care of their emotions. Yeah. So it's like this, the cycle of, like you said, I'm already dealing with my own sensitivities. I'm already feeling a lot. And then something happens with my spouse, something happens in the world, something happens with my body. I'm I'm already feeling all these other things. Now that will bring me over the top. And now I'm just, you know, displaying a lot of sensitivity, anger, it could show up as anger, it could show up as crying, depression, anxiety, all the things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we need extra, extra, extra love, <laughs> self-love more than the other person that is not an empath. But that doesn't mean you're sensitive because you don't have emotional mastery. It's not like we're trying, I think what I'm trying to get at is we're not trying to correct you being an empath. There's nothing to correct. I think the ego mind is trying to say, well, if you had a lot of emotional mastery, you wouldn't be an empath because you wouldn't feel. No, we don't want to do that. Right. We want you to keep being a beautiful empath that feels, yet has emotional mastery. So what is not yours, you get to release it and it doesn't become yours. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was thinking about all of it. And oftentimes we're labeled, you know, you're too sensitive and those kind that kind of phrasing comes up and First of all, recognize the source where that's coming from. Is that someone who you resonate with? Is that is that a good source of, of feedback for who you are? Only you know who you are. Nobody else can tell you who you are. People can help guide you back to who you are. But no one should be telling you exactly who you are. Now, I've recognized within myself that if I am in a space that is stressful the environment is harsh and I'm picking up on something and I get triggered. And as empath, you hold guilt because you're like, oh no, I should already have this perfected. I should already be able to withstand this uh, aggressive, you know, sensations around me, this aggressive feeling that I have that's coming from outside of me, but it's triggering something in me. And that's generally something established long, long ago within me, a wound a belief, a thought pattern that continues to reside within my consciousness. And and even on a subconscious level, you don't even recognize it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is kind of like the the hard part and the good part about being an empath is that you can feel all those things and feel all those feelings. And you have like the biggest highlighter around your wound, right? You it's highlighted even more, you know, um, prominently within you. Um, But then that is also your navigation tool at the same time. It is. So it's kind of interesting play. Yeah, it's a beautiful answer. And and there's so much more to it because I think as empaths, it's saying, yes, I am sensitive. Yes, I am. 
And I love that about me. And let me go around and learn some emotional mastery tools, right? Let me learn how to how to be in that space where I can feel and as energy in motion, emotion is energy in motion, how to let that energy flow through me and use it to to fulfill my purpose. So mm-hmm. to me, it goes back to that. The empaths have a special purpose. All of us have a special purpose, whether we're empaths or not. But empaths right now are to rise up more mm-hmm. than they have before. And mm-hmm. they're intuitive. Empaths are intuitive. They're needed for new earth. They're needed for the 5D that we're moving into. So it's to claim it and say, I am sensitive. I am an empath. And let me equip myself with all that I need so that I, I'm not at the whim of being an empath. I'm not at the whim of feeling too much. I'm not at the whim of what's going on around me or in me, but I can be a strong empath. I can be empowered, an empowered empath. So, Thank you for listening to another episode of the whole Wellness Method show. I really appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope it provided you with insights, ahas, and practical steps. You will find all the links mentioned in this episode in the show notes. So be sure to check those out. Also, if you found this episode helpful and you can think of other people who might benefit from this, please share it with them. You can even take a screenshot of this episode and then post it in your social media or in your Instagram stories and tag me. I would love to connect with you there. And I would also love it if you go and rate this show, the whole Wellness Method show, and you give us also a review that will tell the podcast algorithm that people are enjoying this show and it will help us rank higher, which means more people can find these conversations and we can create a bigger ripple effect together. See you next time.